Good Morning Liberty. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. My name is Nate Thurston. And on the line today, I've got Thomas Sheedy, who's the president and founder of Atheist for Liberty. Thomas, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. It's got to say it's a very, very nice Tuesday morning. Um, getting a little uh, jealous of the fact that I uh, have to stay in here and keep working. Otherwise, <laughs> I'd be outside all day. Where are you at? I'm based in Long Island, New York. Okay. So we're uh, I, I think we maybe got some of the same weather, though. I'm here in Nashville, Tennessee, and it's uh, it's feeling all right today. From what I can tell, we have all the windows blacked out in this room. It's very dark and and sad, just like a morning show should feel, you know, uh, no sunlight whatsoever. But anyway, uh, Atheist for Liberty, uh, we've had you on a couple times. We were talking beforehand uh, for everyone who doesn't know. Why don't you go ahead and explain to them what uh, what that's all about? Sure. So uh, I want to say again, thank you so much for having me on the show. Um, always love chatting with you and the team, and it's it's great to be on once again. We have so many great things in common, and so uh, it, it's nice to be able to talk about oppressing issues that face our civilization. Mm. Um, so Atheists for Liberty, we are a 501c3 nonprofit organization. We stand for free speech, free thinking, and freedom for all. We care about normalizing atheism while simultaneously defending our separation of, between religion and government and upholding religious freedom for all. Uh, we are the anti-woke atheists of America, I could say as well. The anti-woke atheists. So that's going to come into play with the topic uh, that, we're, uh, that we're covering today. So there was an event that took place at the University of Albany that you guys put out a statement on because I believe you had some, some members there. And uh, why don't we just jump in and you explain to everyone what happened? Yeah, so this is a story that um, as of um, Tuesday, the, the 11th of April, like this story, it, this happened a week ago. Um, seven days ago, but it's still blowing up. So um, SUNY Albany, my alma mater, um, the Turning Point USA in conjunction with the Turning Point USA chapter in conjunction with the college Republicans, they hosted a conservative TPUSA and Young America's Foundation speaker named Ian Hayward. Um, standard, run-of-the-mill, um, kind of national review type conservative, in my opinion. Uh, maybe a little more to the right of that, but still very milk toast. He has a conservative view on transgenderism. Uh, really, you could argue it was the liberal view six, seven years ago, um, arguing that there's male and that there's female. It's actually really just moderate run-of-the-mill stuff you find in, in conservative and right-wing circles um, on the most part. So he was asked by the Turning Point USA chapter at SUNY Albany to speak, and he was delighted to come. He shows up, but soon after, um, he attends around 200 protesters so-called protesters really mobsters if you think about it they swarm the room they prevent uh essentially the uh the, the conservative students from from um being able to hold their event um things got pretty heated very 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 quickly and police officers had to come on in and escort and evacuate all the students that rightfully attended the event just to hear mr hayward speak um and it's really really, really disappointing um, and among those conservative students that were in attendance, several of our atheist celebrity members were actually there. Um, and this was a crazy event. This hasn't happened at SUNY Albany for years. It's, it's a typical run-of-the-mill free speech problem that is happening on campuses across the country. But now it's impacting more and more people. 
Um, this isn't just, you know, UC Berkeley where Ben Shapiro, um, you know, had had protesters, you know, trying to light things on fire, or, you know, Milo's um, college tour back in 2016, 2017. Uh, this is this is stuff that's happening on campuses across the entire nation. It's a new religion that is plaguing our institutions, preventing people with differing points of view to be able to speak openly. And as the atheists that we are, as the free thinkers and so-called rationalists that we are, um, it's very, very disturbing uh, where we can't even participate in an environment and have a free exchange of ideas to talk about, you know, uh, the, these these kind of issues. The event was about free speech, free speech, and they couldn't even have it. <laughs> what's what's uh, interesting? It's, it's it's very very disappointing. But I'm very glad um, that that the students ended up being okay. They ended up being physically safe uh, at the end of the day. And there's going to probably be some follow up litigation. Um, and some other stuff, because I think the university honestly could have done a much better job ensuring that the event moved forward. We've seen this quite a bit. In fact, well, first, what I'm going to do is I'm going to play a couple clips uh, from this tweet thread that's going around. Uh, as we talked before, I'm not sure what the sound's going to sound like on your end, but for everyone else who's uh, watching or listening, I believe there's... Uh, you know, just earmuffs if you've got child children nearby, you know, FTP USA and all that stuff going on. So we'll play these videos of what people were having to deal with right quick. All right, so that is going on uh, while people are trying to speak or preparing to speak or whatever it is that, that they were doing. And of course, uh, people just can't be allowed to speak these days. And what's interesting to me is the protesters, if you were to prevent them from doing what they were doing, they would argue that you were impeding their free speech and that right. they have the right to go there and do that. Uh, it creates this really interesting dynamic where uh, apparently their free speech rights uh, if they have more people, if they have a bigger mob uh, that's more willing to uh, use, I wouldn't say force, uh, whatever you would call it, to prevent other people, then they're the ones whose free speech rights went out at the end of the day, right? Yeah, it's it's okay when woke religionists come in, silence freedom of speech and expression, violate and violate every bit of the code of conduct in the student handbook. Um, but uh, when, but but if the other side were to dare do the same thing or do anything remotely close to that. Um, there would be, there would be condom, there would be condemnation. And I bet there would be actions taken from the, uh, the school administration. Um, it's really disgusting to see. And when I started to get text after text, after text from people that were there on the ground as to what was happening and the fact that even our own members are now being impacted by this, uh, it compelled us to make a statement. Um, and luckily, plenty of our advisory members throughout the culture wars left and right have made compelling statements um, defending the students, defending the students' right to speak. Um, multiple members have been on national television and national news now covering this. Um, and, and I'm very glad to see that this is getting the attention that, that, that it needs. I, I, I even think that um, throughout the year, this one free speech incident at SUNY Albany will be used um, throughout nonprofits, media, and other sources to explain a real crisis that's happening in the country. So I got to say kudos for 
my old friends <laughs> for, for sticking to their principles and sticking to their guns and for the atheists, for liberty members who were on the ground for being civil, for not giving in to the violence, for not giving in to the hatred, for acting politely, for following the efforts of law enforcement. Um, and for being the good guys at the end of the day, really showing that, you know, they actually care about fostering a real exchange of ideas, even if these 200, um, religious nuts, uh, don't, uh, don't care otherwise. Now, uh, you keep mentioning this new religion and this woke religion. Of course, this is Atheist for Liberty. Can you describe to me, uh, what you mean by this, uh, these woke religionists? Yeah, so a uh, little bit of a history lesson. I usually give this on a lot of different podcasts. When the whole culture wars of free speech on college campus issues, a million different genders, Black Lives Matter debates started happening, this was around a little over 10 years ago at this point, atheism was one of the first countercultures in the West and in America to be impacted by this kind of social justice madness. Um, at atheist conferences, we started to see people coming in saying that um, we don't see the real goggles of sexism. That is everywhere. And unless you hire these specific radical feminist board members into your organization, you specifically have panels about social justice more than atheism, um, then uh, you're not doing the good work and you need to be ostracized from the atheist community. It was like atheism and then video games via Gamergate. That was one of the earliest communities that were affected. But these radicals that came into the atheist community, a community that was built upon this kind of new age of reason, getting past dogmatic, backwards, supernatural thinking, these same social justice advocates started to sound just like the theocrats that we as secularists and rationalists were pushing back against throughout all 50 states. And now they are acting every day at all of our university campuses, major corporations, within now what remains of the ghost of the atheist community and in nearly every aspect of society like it's a Spanish Inquisition, a secular Spanish Inquisition. I hate to even use the word secular because it just gives into um, <laughs> uh, Christian right talking points, which I don't want to do. But um, but it really is a new religion. People act just like inquisitors. Um, and uh, hopefully with us pointing out that it's more like a dogmatic religion, more and more people, you know, atheists and non-atheists alike will wake up and realize, well, these people in their acts of trying to find the heretics, find um, find those that aren't uh, complying by their rules, in their acts of doing that, they want to destroy the greatest country in the history of the world because they think America is built on this, just like the atheist conferences are built with this, this secret racism and secret sexism um, that needs to be rooted out by any means necessary. <laughs> we can't let Ian Hayward speak. We can't let the SUNY Albany students um listen to a discussion on how we can foster free speech more. No, 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 that's not allowed because it violates this new religion. It violates those new tenets. And so Ian has to be chanted out of the room. We can't let the Albany students speak. We're going to go chasing around the students to see who we can find. Um, that's their new prerogative. So that's their new prerogative. We need to stand up against it by any legal means necessary. Just to go a little level deeper here, I don't know if you've thought about this. I'm sure you have. Who is the, uh, so the woke religion, who is their God? Um, I guess the ideology. Yeah. And if you dare deviate from it, you dare have one difference of opinion, you're not intersectional enough, 
you're going to be burnt out. You're going to be burnt out. You're going to be kicked out. You're not going to be seen as woken up. Um, and it's going to continue happening because it's a mind virus. It's a religion that eats itself. The problem is, is as it eats itself, I don't want this new religion to destroy the country. I don't want this new religion to destroy all of our rights to freedom of expression, to freedom of religion, uh, to freedom of speech. And that's what we're seeing happening right now. You know, we even in our statement. I'm not a fan of Christianity by any means. I'm not a fan of organized religion by any means. I'm a very passionate atheist. Um, but we even defended, I know this one girl that was there. I think, I think this was, uh, I think this was Sherison. I could be wrong. Um, but what, one of the students brought their Bible into, uh, the event and they took, uh, this Bible and just these, these protesters, these so-called protesters for social justice, man, <laughs> uh, they destroyed it. And there are photos of the Bible being destroyed. And obviously, you know, I, I see uh, the Bible just like I see Ibram X. Kendi's books, but um, uh, we're against destruction of personal property. We're in favor of freedom of religion, and these people don't care about it whatsoever because it violates their own religion. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Well, we're always growing and changing, so getting to know yourself can be a lifelong process. One thing I learned is self-awareness. I learned how to understand situations from different points of view. Over time, we learn what our personal boundaries are and what we need to find meaning and happiness in our lives. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on that journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. I've used therapy. It can be very beneficial. My life has gotten immensely better since trying it. And Charlie does it too. In fact, he's been a BetterHelp customer for years. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out the brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Discover your potential with BetterHelp. That's betterhelp.com slash GML today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash GML. What's interesting to me in, and this is another kind of Christian right-wing talking point, but uh, I, I think it's a fair point. If that person who crumpled up the Bible, or the, whatever it is that they did with it, I saw the picture. I thought maybe it was some of you guys that did it, but uh, I, I guess it was the uh, protest. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, easy talking point here. If that person had encountered a Quran sitting in the exact same spot, do you think the same thing would have been done, even though... No. <laughs> no. No. And and that's the other problem that, that I saw within the atheist community years ago. We we all claim to stand up against theocracy of all kinds, religious dogmas of all kinds, the Bible, Christian nationalism, all this kind of stuff. But the moment we tried to have a, the same conversation about Islam, the problems of, of radical Islam, the problems of, that we saw in September 11, 2001, and how it's leading to more and more people trying to infiltrate our government and push their own religious dogmas, Islamists that are trying to destroy the West. When we have those same conversations, we're called racist, sexist, Islamophobe. You can't do that, Thomas. You can criticize Christianity all you want. You can crumple the Bible all you want. Do the same to the Quran. No, no, no. That is a problem. And we saw this in the atheist community. They prioritized their, their new dogmatic religion ahead of being the secularists, ahead of being the rationalists and atheists and free thinkers that they claim to be. Um, and, uh, and also, you know, again, not fan of the Bible. But also, um, not a fan of destroying people's personal property. That's not a good thing. That's not how we foster discussion. That's not how we promote a good exchange of ideas. Um, you know, it's it's how we get people more emotional, more angry. 
uh, divide more people in this country. So given that they wouldn't do that with a Quran, I wonder if this is uh, really all just a power struggle, like between victim and oppressor. You know, that's the way it's seen uh, with Christians being, of course, at the top of that power. Yeah, they hierarchy. think, oh, they're at the top, like white males who happen to be Christians. Um, they're at the top. Of course, they, they treat atheists the same. Um, you know, if we don't follow their hierarchy, you know, if you look at somebody like you or me, we, we are also oppressors. Um, uh, but yeah, that, that's how, that's how, that, that's, that's how they, they see the world. They see it through the lens of race. They see it through the lens of sexual orientation and gender identity and not through, um, you know, the individuals that people are, the ideas that are actually sprouted out of people's mouths, the discussions that should be rightfully fostered at SUNY I've um, talked to I've talked a lot with uh, Charlie, the co-host. You know, you know Charlie. Uh, we talked with him before. Yeah. Um, I've talked a lot with him about this, how this all started. And do you think there's uh, any validity to the idea that the Christian right or Christians in power uh, started this with censorship? of anything that wasn't Christian or, or trying to control culture, uh, you know, anything that, that didn't fit in the Bible or whatever it is. You could say gay marriage. You just use a real easy one like gay marriage. Yeah. Uh, do you think that that's uh, totally how this started? Yeah, I'll totally agree with you. Um, I, I would say yes. Um, in many ways, a lot of us standing up against this social justice stuff, too, in this new dogmatic religion, at least the people that are that are trying to defend our rights, we see this new religion as kind of this new religious right almost, but on the left, I remember in 2015, 2016, there was this term that was going around called regressive left. Mm. And it sounded very much, it both, both words start with R, it, it's, it was the left-wing version of the religious right. Um, and there were so many people that just a few years ago were criticizing the right for, for, for being wrong on gay marriage. They ended up also criticizing these social justice lunatics on college campus for acting just like the theocratic uh, Christians um you know that that were more in power just a few years prior um it is the same thing that's why we at atheists for liberty we go after both extremes we're not a fan of christian theocracy we're not a fan of islamism and we're not a fan of this new social justice um you know religion uh we're going to fight against all of it tooth and nail because these people want to prioritize their own feelings and their own personal beliefs over the the, the structures um and skeletons that that allow our freedoms to be propped up that allow this nation to prosper and we're not going to let them win by any means necessary when an incident happens like what we saw at suny albany we're going to publish the heck out of it. we're going to promote the members that were there we're going to do this when it comes to every school that has our people there. we're going to do this we're going to try to highlight as many incidents as we can we're going to work with as many people as humanly possible because as atheists we only live once and we might as well go down fighting well if we can, then we will. What I'm wondering is how we how we fix this uh, in a way, like look at the people that are protesting, that are chanting. Uh, no doubt you spent time uh, being an atheist, talking to people who are Christian and explaining your views and what you think uh, they might be wrong about and all that. Well, what would you say to this, these new religion, the, the new woke religionists? I always like to have, uh, you know, inability to speak to people and have impossible conversations like our advisor, Dr. Peter Bogosian says about why people might be wrong in certain things. There are ways that we can try to reach people. Unfortunately, it's not guaranteed with all, with all. Some of these people have a mindset of anything that is said 
by those on the other side is automatically wrong when you shout them down. You give these people validity if you operate um, like a polite person with respect and dignity. That somehow validates their points. And so instead of letting me in here and maybe having a Q&A at the end where you can, you can critique his points there. No, we got to shut him down now. We got to shut him down now. We got to stop. We got to stop him from having the ability to talk because somehow it validates everything he says. So we can't. They, their mentality is no conversation, no dialogue. No, no equality of opportunity. We need to stop them by any means necessary. So on an individual level, if there are individual social justice activist types that actually want to have a real conversation, actually want to see if their talking points are wrong, that's awesome. Um, I don't agree with uh, Michael Knowles on everything, but when he's done a few of these campus tours, even at uh, SUNY Buffalo recently, um, he has this segment where he takes a few of the social justice people that agree to go on and he talks to them backstage on why they think he's wrong. I think that's awesome. Mm. I think that's amazing. I think we can try to push for more of that. It has to be done, unfortunately, though, more on a micro because this religion is dominating everything now. And so if you try to ask a gigantic crowd to do the same thing, they're just going to shut you down. It's going to be another Ian Hayward situation. But we got to keep trying. Even if you were to uh, say prove, I think it's cool that Michael Knowles takes people backstage to talk to them because, of course, they're going to be far more open to the points and they'll be a lot more likely Mm -hmm. to be agreeable uh, or consider because when you're in front of a bunch of people, you don't want to admit that maybe you're wrong about something. Of course, that when you admit that you're wrong or someone else is right, you're essentially condemning yourself to woke hell after that and and so you don't you don't want to do that in front of a in front of a group of people uh so yeah that's yeah. i like the idea of doing it on a very micro level of course that takes a lot of time and a lot of effort uh to to reach people individually but that might be the way to do it definitely uh so i had a few more things that i you know the thing with colleges is concerning me a lot on this and the, i think we're seeing a lot more trickle down into high schools uh, as well. Here in Tennessee, we've had a lot of high schoolers out here protesting about gun violence, stuff like that. We had the thing here in Nashville where the state house was overrun by protesters and uh, people, uh, we see, it's actually the same thing, people grabbing megaphones and interrupting the official proceedings uh, to speak over people. And if you stop them, then you're actually preventing their freedom of speech at that time. And uh, it's it's the same thing as if you were to stop the protesters on the college campus, right. then you're stopping their freedom of speech, even though they were preventing other people uh, from speaking at that time. It's all... So they want to catch you like you're the contradiction. Of course. You're the problem. It's gaslighting. It's really all just a bunch of, a bunch of gaslighting going on. Um, what I... I'm trying to diagnose how this happened. And then, of course, we talked about how we can actually reach people uh, and what each of us as an individual can do to try to stop this from spreading. We've landed on recently just making sure that you speak the truth, that you don't bend to anything that is not true. Uh, I I believe, you know, if other people want to lie, if they want to live in that reality, that's fine. Just don't let that reality uh, live through you. Don't further it. Um, Any other any other ways to fight this? Yeah, so I, I love that you and I are talking, and I love how you spoke about how you're from Nashville, or you're currently in Nashville. Nashville is becoming a, a massive home for alternate media mm. right now. You know, that's it's the headquarters of the Daily Wire. 
right? And they're 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 turning into essentially a massive corporation that's trying to promote non-woke alternatives to certain products, to certain programming, to certain shows. I don't agree with everything Daily Wire promoting. Uh, the Dennis Prager special on how secularism is bad. They they're they're <laughs> shooting themselves in the foot like that. Um, I think that is bad optics, and they're going against what the future of of their own side should be to try to get the largest tent possible of sane, rational minds, religious and non-religious alike. Um, but overall, I like a lot of what Daily Wire does. But there's also a lot of other great nonprofit organizations and media outlets and podcasters that are based in that area. And what I love about you and what I love about your team is that every time that we put out a presser, every time that we try to foster a discussion, you guys are open to it. I want to ask you guys to just continue propping up alternate voices that are against the social justice model. Continue to platform people that are speaking out and showing people that you're not crazy for thinking they're crazy. <laughs> you're not. What we're going to do at Atheists for Liberty is we recently got a Kentucky state director and we got a Virginia state director. I want to get a Tennessee state director soon, but we're starting to do regional events across all 50 states. Just like what we're seeing with providing alternatives to media, alternatives to certain corporations, alternatives to certain products, we at Atheists for Liberty are providing alternatives to what the atheist community has become. If you're an atheist, Democrat, Republican, Libertarian, whatever, independent, but you don't believe that there are a million genders, that everything is systemically racist, that everything at an atheist conference is hateful or awful, we at Atheists for Liberty are the organization for you. And we are growing every single day, providing programs and products and various different activities, both online and offline. Um, you can be, that can be found at atheistsfilmery.org. You click the join us button in the homepage and you get to sign up for a basic membership of just $12 a year and there's other tiers. But it's not just with Atheists for Liberty. Good Morning Liberty should also be propping up. So guys, if you, uh, you're you seeing this on YouTube or whatever platforms that, that this show is on, you guys should subscribe and favorite or whatever whatever system, whatever platform you're on, uh, you're listening to this. Um, and we need to all elevate ourselves. The more we do that and the more we have that mentality that we can be the alternatives to the madness that we're seeing plaguing our nation right now, the more we have a greater chance of succeeding, right? The whole Bud Light debate. Don't buy Bud Light. Don't <laughs> buy Bud Light. Buy other products. I like Yingling. Yingling is my favorite beer. They're not, I think, owned by that major corporation that owns Budweiser. And you don't even have to boycott uh, Bud Light. Uh, you can just, uh, or Bud, you don't even have to boycott the parent company. You can just not buy Bud Light and buy other beers from that same company. So they get the idea that their social justice marketing is not good. If we think with a technical intellectual mindset like that, and we continue to elevate ourselves and to promote these alternatives and, and to make Tennessee more of a haven and to make Nashville more of a haven for this alternate stuff too. I'm going to Nashville soon as well. Um, uh, I think we will succeed at the end of the day. Personally, I wasn't surprised by the Bud Light thing. They've been identifying as beer for decades. So I think it makes perfect <laughs> sense. Uh, just uh, had a, finally found the time to get that joke out there. I've been waiting waiting to say that. Hey, I, I don't I'm think... I'm glad I did it for you. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Thanks for that setup. I really appreciate that. And thanks for the plugs, of course, for uh, for people joining, subscribing, and also I'm going to put the links to everything uh, in the show notes. And you need to let me know when you're coming to Nashville. If you uh, if you want to go out, I 
I don't I don't drink, unfortunately, but I'm well. I'm more than willing to be someone's designated driver. I'm still keeping that. That is fine, going, and you're so. going to outlive all of us. Yeah, <laughs> so I don't know. We'll that's, see. That's not a bad thing. We'll see if the stress level ends up taking me down eventually. I I don't know, but hey, Thomas, thank you so much. As always, really good conversation. Uh, I want to have you on sometime, and me and you just I want to chat about Ayn Rand for a little bit because uh, I want to get your thoughts. Sure. I know I've mentioned her before, and I basically spend all of my free time reading and rereading her uh her her fiction uh but no non-fiction <laughs> books sorry uh and so i you know all this um this the atheist for liberty thing when people think about that immediately i think we've been trained to think that which is funny you guys are like sitting around devil worshiping all the time which wouldn't make any sense here atheist for liberty but uh, some type of evil uh terrible things going on every time you guys get together and just uh condemning people of course to die a fiery uh fiery death and in fact you're just out here talking about nice uh individual uh libertarian ideas it's it's not all it's not all what everyone's told you it was going to be when you talk to these guys let me just tell you <laughs> definitely I'm looking forward to being, you know, you ever want to have me on as a regular, that's fine by me. I always love coming on. Uh, for sure. For sure. All right, Thomas. Thank you so much. You have a great rest of your day. You too.